Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. As always, I'm Zach Penser, joined with Nolan T. Smith, and we got a special guest today, one who seems to know everyone we've interviewed in the past. It's Corn Ferry Tour golfer Jonathan Randall. How's it going, John? Doing good, man. How are, how are you guys? You know, holding up, uh, trying to stay, stay busy. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy over here. I'm, I'm over in Portland, Oregon, Jonathan, and yeah, um, luckily I get to uh, continue to go to work, so um, it's not too crazy for me. I have had a bit of a stint of working from home, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's fairly normal out here. Nothing, nothing drastic, and trying to reopen some some normalcy. Some stores are opening up, and I need a haircut pretty desperately. So, we'll you see. need your haircut. Look at this. <laughs> I did this with nose hair trimmers because it's the only thing I knew I couldn't really cut myself with because the ends are like rounded. I, I gave it a little trim. That's solid. Yeah, it's my dad. I don't know how so people are cutting went, their own hair. Oh, I know. my! So my dad is—he was born and raised on a farm, so he's like very resourceful guy. And I will never forget one time he came home. I don't know how old I was, but he was just like, he's, he was cutting his own hair. And I was like, are you like, you're nuts. Like you can't cut your own hair. And he's like, I've seen people do it the right way for like the last 30 years. I'm sure I can figure this out. And it did not turn out well. So, not as easy as it looks. <laughs> no, it have, looks incredibly I, difficult. I've had my yeah. wife cut my hair. Um, she did it for like at least a month, maybe two or three months. Um, and she did a good job, but she it stressed her out way too much. She's like, you just got to go pay for your own haircut, Nolan. <laughs> yeah. It's all yeah, so before we start, I know uh, you you have a hospital that you're a big advocate of. I don't know if you want to talk about that for yeah. a couple of minutes before. Yeah, so my sister actually worked at this hospital until recently. Uh, it's Blair Batson Children's Hospital and the Sanderson farm that the Sanderson farms championship moved from Annandale to country club of Jackson, basically because the facilities uh, were bigger and they could do more fundraising. Uh, and so that's been a real big boost uh, for them. And, uh, and just being able to go there and see those kids, like any, like I didn't have kids at the time, but anytime you go see kids that are fighting for their lives and, you know, you can, it's it's not just like a, oh I'm gonna give money but like going there and like just playing Wii bowling or something stupid like it it builds you up it has to build you up as much as it helps them because you see you know the positive impact you could have on a kid that's just fighting for their life and you know trying to get back to being you know kids should be kids you know you should be able to be normal and do kid stuff so it's uh, that that has always been like really uh, I don't know that always really stuck out to me that. That, that's who I really wanted to always, um, you know, help when I got the chance. And, and Batson just does an incredible job with all their stuff there. So good people. That's awesome. Is there any way that people who aren't near there could help? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you just Google Batson Children's Hospital, you can, you can see everything there. And then Century Club Charities um, puts on the Sanderson Farms Championship and they have like tons of stuff you can do like, golf has come back around uh, and they'll do the the birdies for charity or whatever like different stuff with the tournament too so you can actually make it interesting where you have like you know an invested like how many eagles are made on this hole or something you know and then you end up giving you know a few bucks but i don't know it's it's 
it's one of those things where you know it's hard to put into into words like the feeling that you get when you're around those kids but it's totally totally uh totally worth it yeah that's pretty awesome um so tell us a little about yourself like where are you from how'd you how'd you get into golf were you always into golf or did you play in high school growing up or yeah um, yeah. yeah so i'm from mississippi uh born and raised in jackson and i went to i went to college at old miss played on the golf team there played played all through high school uh and then played college and then uh, i'll go back to junior golf i i i won a tournament in mississippi called the bubba conley and it was back when the ajga would give you if you won the big tournament you got into all the invitationals and stuff so my first tournament basically outside of the southeast I knew I had good hand-eye coordination I knew I was pretty good and my short game was always really good and then I get paired with Ricky Fowler the day he like the first tournament back after he decommits from UCLA or whatever it was um so it would have been like 2006 maybe yeah it must have been the summer of 2006 and so I just won something I I wasn't too stupid to think that I was, you know, hot stuff, but I get to the first tee and I, I knew who Ricky was, but I didn't know like how good he was. And there was like seven college coaches there, like from all the top programs. And I shot 78 and it was very humbling. And it was at that moment though, that I was like that, like, I know for a fact, like, this is what I want to do. Cause I was so nervous that day. Um, and I came back the next day, shot 67 and made the cut. And, like, I don't know. There was just – there's something that, that just – this game just has always done it. I'm 31 now. I just turned 31. And it just keeps reeling me back in every time, like, I get frustrated with it or or something happens. And, yeah, so I ended up at Ole Miss, first team All-American there. Uh, then did two years on the Hooters tour, the NGA yeah, only tour. Yeah, only the second uh, first team All-American out of Ole Miss, I think. And until Braden, yeah. So I was the second, um, and then Thornberry. I had it. I mean, I was. I did it for. You, you know, still hold the. Still hold the scoring record though in this season. Have no idea. Probably not. He did really good. So I was on top for like a solid four years, and then he came and won NCAA's <laughs> and Haskins Award, and I was super proud of him. Like, and at the same time, he's just like, man, like. Like Dave Peggy, I think had played the tour. He was a first team All American, and I was like, man, okay. So he had like thirty years or twenty something years. I had like four before, you know, Braden <laughs> came along. But no, it's great. Actually, it's really good to have you know somebody out there on tour that's from your school. You know, like I've had some guys on the Hooters tour and stuff, but you know, to have somebody that comes out that you know that that is you know as highly touted as he is, it's it's good to have that company. That's that's pretty pretty sweet. Um, so, did you? So you obviously played a lot of different uh, junior golf events. What I don't, I mean, we've had a couple of different golfers on here, um, professional golfers, um, but I've never. Re- I don't think we've really ever dove into the recruiting process um, from high school to college. Or yeah. did you have any other offers other than Ole Miss, or were you looking at anywhere else? For sure. So I went to a pretty good academic school. So I had, I had a lot of, uh, my dad is a family doctor, you know, like, so I was always like, I, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not a jock. So it's not like I'm going to go be, you know, a professional athlete. Um, so I looked at Vanderbilt and, you know, some other like 
really, you know, good academic schools. And then all of a sudden after I'd played with Fowler and, and did that, I was like, okay, I'm going to on a visit to LSU, Alabama, like all the schools around. And, uh, and yeah, basically because I was a late bloomer, college scholarships get offered like so far in advance. I remember Gribble was playing in the foot joy with me in 2006 and he was, I mean, he, he was like 12, it felt like, and he was already committed to Texas. I already had a scholarship lined up. So yeah, it happens early and I was a bit of a late bloomer. So I didn't have a ton of like scholarship offers. I had a lot of spots like, Hey, come on the team next year. You'll have, you know, whatever, 30, 40% scholarship. And then we're going to, you know, we'll be off and running. But yeah, I, I was, I was drawn to Ole Miss because the facilities were getting really, really good. Um, and just, I don't know, I grew up a Mississippi State fan, so it was super weird coming here, but I'm glad I did. The women are way better looking here. I married one of them, and uh, all's well that ends well. So are you still a Mississippi State fan, or now have you moved to Ole Miss? So I, I don't hate Mississippi. There's a lot of hatred in the rivalry and, like, in all the stuff that, that goes on. I don't hate, but, I mean, I definitely pull for Ole Miss. Like, it's not even a question. But I get along very well. With me and Chad Ramey travel together a lot, and he's a Mississippi State guy, and it's just, it's just, it's it, we're not throwing punches on the golf course. There's a lot less hate involved in the world. Hopefully, if if you hate things and you play golf for a living, you're in for a rough ride because you're going to hate yourself more than anything. So, it's a fair point. Gotta, yeah. Do you follow the other sports or just the golf team out there? Yeah, so I'm a big baseball fan. Um, okay. Just. I, I was I played baseball until I was fourteen um, or thirteen, and I was good at it. I was a switch hitter. I could hit both ways. Like had really good hand eyes, so I I got to play shortstop. And I've always liked baseball. And then I kind of got away from it until I turned pro and realized how much freaking free time I had every night. And instead of like drinking beer. And and being hung over the next day, I just watched baseball and had like one or two beers instead of just, you know, drinking 12 and playing video games. So got to be a big baseball fan again. And now, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I when we played the USAM up at Aaron Hills, my host family were big Brewers fans. And so we watched a bunch of games and they were pretty terrible at that point. And so I jumped on the bandwagon and now they've gotten good. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, good time. You could have been like the first ever two-sport athlete. I don't know if they've had a two-sport golf athlete. Once, once again, this is Little League. Uh, it would have caught up to me. I was also good at defense and basketball. I got a feeling I would have been crossed up and got my ankles broken. So. You also said like five minutes ago, I'm never going to be a professional athlete. And I'm pretty sure your job yeah. title is professional athlete. So Yeah, you know, well, they say the, the brightest stars burn out the quickest, but these hands have kept me in the game. <laughs> Exactly. Would you say that's the best part of your game? Your yeah, short I, game? It yeah, short game. I definitely don't overpower the course. Uh, my rookie year on tour, I was swinging it between 116 and 118, and I hit it everywhere. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was a rough. It was, it was, it was humbling. Um, it's really good for the Corn Ferry Tour with a lot of those course setups, um, you know, to bomb it. Like, that's not even a question. Sorry my dog nope. uh but the uh the 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 motto has been straight as long lately so i hit it in the fairway a lot and uh chip it and pot it really really good so okay everybody's 
everybody's good at chipping and putting on the PGA Tour. So that you got to be really good at something else. Everyone's so good at everything why, on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So that's why I decided to hit a lot of fairways because uh, that's a lot less stressful anyway. Can you introduce everyone to the dog there? <laughs> Yodi. So this is Yodi. She travels with me normally and hangs out with me at night while the kids go to sleep so she won't bark if somebody, like, you know, comes down the street. Hey, who's that? Love it. <laughs> hey, Yodi. Yeah, so she's, she's pretty chill. She hangs out. But Very well behaved. Nolan's dog is not nearly this well behaved. Not yeah. for a chihuahua. She's, she's, she's low-key for a chihuahua. Most chihuahuas are kind of uptight, and she just sits here normally. So. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a chihuahua in those colors. I like a tri-colored chihuahua. Yeah, that's right. That's why, that's why you're a good girl. That's unique. That's a unique name, too. How would you get Yodi? We were looking at dogs. So, Lacey, my wife grew up with chihuahuas, and I was very against chihuahuas. <laughs> but I knew we were going to be traveling. And, like, Trey Mullinex was my partner at dessert. And we had talked about it before he got his dog. You know, I was like, dude, you want to travel with a freaking lab through the airport? I was like, do you know how much pee a lab has when he, like, has an accident or she has an accident? Like, it's a lot of pee. So I was like, fine, we can get a chihuahua. We'll get a small dog. I'm not getting, like, a teacup Yorkie. Like, I'll get a cool-looking chihuahua. And so as we were looking online at pictures of chihuahuas, all these freaking dogs with their eyes pointing out sideways <laughs> and big bug eyes, I thought they looked like Yoda. So that was in my head. And I guess when we went to name her, the name like Yodi just came out. So I love it. Are you? Did you end up watching the uh, the Mandalorian? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 They, that was yeah, part of my my, neat Dis, my new Disney Plus uh, subscription that I have. That's been the only thing I think I've watched that. I, I bought. That reminds me. I bought Disney Plus to watch that show, watch two episodes, and I just can't commit to watching shows, and I'm pretty sure I'm still paying for it. Oh, Zach, you got to finish it out. It's good. No, I need to Welcome remind to- myself to cancel it. That's bigger. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. This is how, that's how it works. That's how people make money. They yeah, I'm just subscribe to all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. There's a, a million other suckers like you, Zach. <laughs> that's right. So before we move on from the college thing, I'm actually out here in Canada, in Montreal. So our college scene is very much different from yours. And I don't know, this might be a very bad question, but how does it work for the scholarships? Could they remove them if you're not playing well? Yeah, so technically you're on a year-to-year um, you know, contract. Um, you can have it go up or down. I don't know. My coach at the time had it had it where it was very like black and white, like this is how much you get. Like if you get to be, you know, if, if you're our number one guy and it's clear and whatever, you're gonna get this much. But I mean, you got four and a half scholarships for eleven guys. So it's hard to to divvy those up and, you know, make it work because there's gonna be, you know, some some people are gonna need more financial aid than others, period. Uh just because like like, there was a guy on our team from Tennessee named Joe David, and that man, like, lived in the dorms every year. You know, he grinded it. He was a grinder, and he needed, you know, whatever much scholarship. I think he was on a full ride. We never really even talked about it. But there's there's only so much to go around. It just gets kind of tough. But I, a fellow Canadian NHL ref, now Garrett Rank is a good buddy of mine, and I had him on the phone with compliance at Ole Miss. We almost got him here for his, like, 
victory laps, victory lap, but he was too old. His clock had started too far down the line. And so he couldn't come play for us. It would have been awesome. Oh my, we definitely, we need to set this up with Garrett. This is, he's like him and Harry Higgs are like, yeah. Yeah. Harry's nuts. Harry's a good egg. The Garrett, yeah, Garrett, crazy story. Garrett, so you want to know one of the best Garrett rank stories ever. I call him ACE. That's like, I still call him ACE. So, I think he was staying with either Wes Roach or David Holmes at the Porter Cup. He goes up. This is in Niagara Falls, New York. He goes up to do the Monday qualifier. So this is – I think he's like 23 or 24 at this point. I had never seen this guy in my life. Like, he shows up, and we're just drinking beer at the Porter Cup because that's what you do. You know, it's party cup is what they call it sometimes. So I'm like, hey, so where are you from? He's like, well, I'm from Canada. You know, I'm like, oh, cool, man. He's, and, and David looks over and he goes, man, that's ace. And I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, he made 17 pars in a hole-in-one to get the last spot in the field this week. And I was like, are you kidding me? So in the Monday qualifier for the Porter Cup, Garrett Rank made 17 pars in a hole-in-one. It's what I remember. 2000, or 2010 was a long time ago or whatever. But he, uh, man, that guy can play. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, that's a crazy story. I don't know how you end up being able to be an NHL referee. I feel like that's a very oh, yeah. crazy job. Wild. Yeah, that's – I mean, my my old caddy was from Minnesota, so he's a huge hockey guy, and he, he obviously knew the story. But he was like, man, that Garrett Rank took a puck to the mouth or, you know, and we'd pull up video, and sure enough, like he'd be taking, like, ricochets off the boards to the face and stuff. And I'm like, man, I bet he wishes you to kept it golf. Yeah. So do you have a, a top – College moment? Ooh. Well, it's really weird. Like, the way the college stuff goes, my my junior year, I was a first-team All-American. And, like, really bittersweet. I, I didn't finish outside the top four the entire spring semester. And I was, like, winning stuff, playing good, playing good. And we got the NCAA regionals at the Crabapple course in Atlanta – or in Georgia – really really hard they had a WGC event there once and I hit a six iron up the hill from like 190 something to like six feet and make it to get in a playoff to go as an individual because my team wasn't gonna go and I was like on top of the world like I haven't finished outside the top five I'm gonna do this I'm gonna get the NCAA like finals and get this first team all American like I just meant to be and this like 25 year old guy playing at BYU who had come back from his uh his uh his mission or whatever it was Robbie great guy I've talked with Zach Blair about him a million times like I try to I try to like catch up with him when I can this dude was like it was like playing KJ Choi in his prime he was like the old savvy veteran like couldn't shake him <laughs> like I was playing the, I was just banging drives in this playoff and just like hitting really good shots like driver four iron driver six iron like just like he wouldn't go away and then finally this dude just chips in on me. I'm like the sixth playoff hole. He chips <laughs> in on me. And I had like a 15-footer, and I absolutely hit it perfect and missed it. And I was just like, and that's how it ends. Like, this is the worst ever. And then I still got first-team All-American that year. So that was like my greatest story is like I got chipped in on by an old guy and still got first-team All-American. Is that when you kind of knew like you wanted to um, pursue golf as a career? Yeah, I, I've always been, you know, since I was a Stein boy forever and got to be inside the ropes at a PGA Tour event with uh, with Chris Smith and Pete Jordan. And these guys, like, they were shooting, like, 64s on Sunday. 
and just the electricity around it, like just watching them like go out and just make it look easy. And like, it was, it sucked me in so hard. Like, I, I don't know, like I, I, at that point when I was younger, I knew playing golf professionally would be cool. But it, when I was first team all American, I was like, I probably should do this. You know, like I had good grades. Like I knew I could go do something else, but, and then it was like, that was my junior year. And I was going to like, I was going to get some starts on the big tour. Cause I was ranked number four in the world. Like, you know, stuff could have got going. And then I went back for my senior year anyway. And that was probably stupid. Like I probably should turn pro, but it was, it was still fun. Um, definitely, definitely would recommend, uh, you know, playing college golf. Like it's just fun having the camaraderie with all your buddies and I don't know, the school part of it is what it is, but the golf part's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you even, you see these like football players even who are set to like make tens of millions of dollars. They're like, nah, I'll go back to school for one more year. Yeah. It's wild. It is. And I, you know, I still get to be around the team a lot and just good grief. They hit it so freaking hard. Like it's just, I, if they hit drivers around me, I instantly take them to the shore game area and just, you know, flex on them over there. But they can, these dudes can move it. They're athletes. Yeah. Yeah. So right now you're, you're out on the corn Ferry tour. Well, pause corn Ferry tour season. Have you heard anything on what's going on? Oh man. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got a really cool email today from Alex Baldwin, our, our commissioner. They uh, they sent. I think not it was a thirty. Not to be confused with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, exactly. Very different. <laughs> if you meet them in real life, very different. Um, so she's been doing a great job communicating. At first, it was like crickets, and it was tough. But here's our thirty-seven page slideshow. Ooh. I guess you can't really see it well, but it's this a thirty-seven a page. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> about like our screening methods, and like when we come back and. The, the thing that I was most surprised about that I've been wondering, so like, you know, we're sitting here, big tour, you know, I've played three years out there. I know big tour takes care of the big tour. I'm all for that. It's the big tour. But like minor league baseball, I don't know that that's going to happen this year. Maybe it is. Um, probably will happen in some variety, I guess. But I could see them like with all the expenses that it's going to take to keep us up and running and that we don't, we're not really a big revenue, you know, stream for the tour. I could have seen them just, you know, saying like, Hey, see you next year. But like they're committed. They say they're going to have hand sanitizer on every tee box and every green. They're going to test us with a questionnaire thermometer and, uh, and the nasal swab. Uh, they're going to, they're going to do like one charter flight, I think, for us, which is going to be like, I mean, that's not going to fit everybody if we go every other seat. But they're going to, they're really grinding for us. Like, I, I'm very, very proud of, not, not proud. I'm surprised at how happy I am with the response. Like, I had very little expectation. Yeah. Well, you see the NHL or the AHL just canceled their season yesterday. It's true. They could easily. Yeah, and and then, you know, the other question that I always had was, what if one person tests positive, right? So I'm pretty sure I had it in Florida, like the last event. Maybe I didn't, uh, but 
I thought I was going to pass out twice in my hotel room coughing because it was so bad. Like I legitimately like called the front desk one time and then hung up. But I, uh, if one person tests positive, like do they just shut the whole thing down, send everybody home? Like what's the deal? And then I read on there and it said, if you test positive, you can't play the rest of the tournament. Even if you're like bleeding, you get last place money as if you made the cut. So that means like the people that played with you in your group, I assume they don't get punished for playing with you. They're going to just innocent until proven guilty. Like, I guess they'll test you or something. Right. It's, and then there's, there's all these things like caddies, you know, you can touch the pin, but then you need to, you know, sanitize it down after you use it or the rakes. But then there's like, what are they going to do if you don't do that? Like, I've spoken to I mean, several caddies. They're ecstatic about these new rules. They're like, we don't have yeah. to rake the bunkers. This is not, su- not supposed to touch the clubs. Like you carry the bag, but don't touch the clubs. Hey, this is a great sure. job now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. My, my man, David Eller, right now is sitting in Carolina, in South Carolina, just absolutely chomping at the bit to get going. So we're ready. Mm-hmm. And then I know uh, you have played in one major. You actually made yeah. the cut at Aaron Hills. Yeah. yeah. Was that the highlight that of your pro career? Yeah. So the craziest part, two things about that stick out. One, to qualify – I I knew I had to birdie my last hole to get in a playoff because they have like live scoring every nine holes. And I was like, yeah, there's no chance that the number I'm at holds up. Like I just missed a 10 footer for birdie and you know, 36 hole day end of the day. I'm not small. I'm at this point, I'm 220 something pounds. So, I mean, Memphis heat, it's the real deal. Um, and I hit driver off the deck going for the screen in two and put it in the greenside bunker in the mayor's office in the screenside bunker. I'm so hyped. I can see a storm rolling in. I'm like, I'm going to make this thing. And we're headed to the house. And I was still, I was playing St. Jude that week. And I was like, we're going to drive home and rest up. And I bounced into this ball. Like you wouldn't believe there's no sand under it. And the thing just goes shooting like 30, 40 feet past the hole and lightning strikes like simultaneously. <laughs> so I had to go in, but the guys in my group just quit. Like they just said, all right, man, this, the scorer at the scoring table said, he'd come watch you hit your putt. We're going to sign for the first 17 holes in the first three shots on this hole. So I'm like, I'm sitting there all depressed and we're about to go back out and then they stop us. So I like house a Dr. Pepper to try to get a little caffeine in me and get, you know, something going. And they're like, all right, I think we're going to go out and finish. Um, and, and I'm still thinking, oh, I have to make a putt to get in a freaking playoff now. Like, I'm hyped up on caffeine. Like, it's going to wear off by the time the playoff happens. Like, this is a disaster. Like, I'm an idiot. And so I get out there, and I read this putt, and they won't blow the dead gum horn to start to play. And then it just starts dumping, and they blow the horn to play. And I totally changed my read because, it like, it was raining. I was going to have to smash it. And so I took, like, this much off the putt and just absolutely dead hard, like, centered the thing and made it and then went and beat Xander Shoffley and we Kim and Scott Brown, and all these dudes in a playoff to get in just to get into the U S open. So that was fun. And then I was playing really good at the U S open and got paired with Justin Thomas today. He set the record for the lowest round in history. So that was fun. Any, yeah. any only closed me out on like hold 16 in match play. So it's not <laughs> like I played that bad. I mean, just cause he's a freak, you know, and finished really good. I saw you've gone low. I saw your career low, 62, which I don't know how that's possible. No one should ever be able to shoot a 62 in a golf course. Uh, You know, a wise man once told me 
you better make the birdies while you can because eventually it's going to stop. So I just usually try to hammer that gas pedal until the old, you know, till the engine gives out. So momentum is a thing. Oh yeah. I mean, my first, my first uh, NGA Hooters tour deal, I want to shot like 13 or 14 under. It's feeling really good. And then that I Monday into the web event for the next week and played good and missed the cut and then went and shot 25 under at the next Hooters event the next week and one by one shot. So it's like, there's all kinds of ways that the golf tournaments go, but you got to be able to hammer down when the, you know, when the time's right. Have you, you mentioned, you mentioned the, there was some like live scoring going on when you're playing. Um, do you believe any of the guys who are like, no, I got like blinders on. I'm ne- I never know where I am or where people are, you know, in relation to, my score and I just go out there and try to birdie like every hole or something. Do you, look, do you believe any of that or? Look, I, I saw a lady wearing a mask with a hole cut through this part of it. Cause she said she was having trouble breathing through her mask, <laughs> you know, so there's all kinds of people in the world. I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Um, and as golfers, we're pretty fragile people. And, and I got to think that we change stuff. Baseball players are more superstitious, I think. But, I mean, golfers change stuff so much. And if not looking at the leaderboard helps. I will say that when I've been the most in the zone, I've had to ask my caddy, like, uh, like I've had to ask my caddy before where we were. Like, I remember I was leading the Nelson my rookie year. I was playing with Spieth on Saturday. CBS Sports, I got, you know, what's his name? Old, um, the Biz Hubs, uh, Conoco Minolta swing guy. Peter He's Costas. following our group. Yeah, Costas. That's my Twitter. We had, we had him on the pod, friend of the pod. Yeah. So <laughs> he's a great guy. He's got – there was friends in the booth that went to Ole Miss, like super comfortable day. I'm playing horrible, like, at times. Like, I, but that's my Twitter avatar is me boning one in the bunker and Costas is in the background, like, on the other side of the fairway calling, I think. Um, but I birdied – I birdied the, the, like, 16th hole there. And I was like, wait a minute. I wonder if I'm – I wonder if I'm leading because I was I think we were like fourth to last group out and DJ was a group behind us and like I don't know there that like the feeling of that is like it, it push it's like riding a wave like it pushes you so far like sometimes or so fast like that's the biggest difference between junior golf college golf and like when you got CBS you know cameras on you the, for the first time like stuff just like for me it seemed like it happened a little bit faster um, and you just kind of have to, to slow down. So for me, like looking at a leaderboard doesn't speed up my heart rate or anything. Like if I see I'm leading, I'm like, finally, like I'm supposed <laughs> to do this. You know, like I was, I was, I made a double Eagle last year at the Springfield, Missouri, uh, corn Ferry event. And I pushed this hybrid and it was, the pin was right water, right. And this thing goes in the hole. And I'm like, that's pretty good. Like, all right. <laughs> I think, and, and then, uh, I, I started thinking, I was like, you know, all right, that's, that's like, all right. So then, and then I buried the next one. I was like, dang, I just got hot at the end there. And I was like, and I should have got hot. I've been like, I've been hosed for like the last three, three years. Like I'm due for something good to happen. So what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and then I didn't win and it kind of like that happened, but other than that, it's, you gotta, you gotta learn how to deal with that stuff. So that's the biggest thing. Like, like Braden, Braden would come out and we'd play practice rounds and he'd just be like, yeah, I don't know why 
13 under wins this tournament. And I'm like, dude, just wait. Like, the greens get banked out, the wind picks up, you know. And he's just like, nah, it's going to be 20 this year. Just watch. And sure enough, like, like 11 under won the thing. And it's just like, it's so hard. Like, you think you know, because you play golf. It's a golf, it's a round hole. It's a round ball. Like, you just have to get it from point A to point B. But at the end of the day, there's so much that goes into it. Like, and then you add in the variable of, like, looking at leaderboards and stuff. Like, I just, I can't see how that helps anybody one way or the other but I loved what you said about like baseball players and golfers I think I I agree they're very superstitious people but they're different whereas like a baseball player is kind of like a a long-term relationship superstitious like they will like lock in on something for a long time but a golfer he'll be like this is working right now for so I'm gonna like keep doing this but then the second they like flips on them they jump to something else or switch putters or yeah i'm wearing this try on z like i used to wear it because i had a tan line and that's like the only reason i wore it and then i was like what if i lose like two miles an hour club head speed if i took this off like that. is that like those balance bracelets <laughs> i don't know i mean it's got this on the back oh yeah it's the balance bracelet that'll work wonders for you yeah <laughs> really good i once made yeah. my parents buy me one of those when i was younger yeah, I'm convinced yeah. since I took it off, that's why there's I'm been such not, a steep demise. I can see why you still have your Disney Plus account. And you haven't watched anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's gone downhill really since I got rid of that. Hey, but, look, I, I can send you a try on Z. I got a few. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, you're locked and loaded with them. Yeah. So have you been uh, keeping sharp with your game? Yes, yeah, so I bought a TrackMan. Um, because I had a newborn, I really wasn't able to leave the house. And so I've got a net and some mats that I used to get into a net. Uh, and then I got tired of just hitting the net. And I was like, it felt like that was low right, but I don't know. Like, it's just, <laughs> I need to figure this out. So I got track, man. I've been able to stay pretty sharp. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I really took advantage. This past off season was like the longest I've ever had. Um, I didn't play a tournament I think I've missed the cut at the last term of the year and I'd finished second there the year before and I'd finished second like the year before that or something like I finished second at Evansville twice and then I was just so beat down last year like at the end of the year I just I missed the cut so that's like September 1st I didn't play another tournament to the Bahamas which was like in January so you go from playing the the two years before that I'd been on the PGA Tour and I mean just you go from playing a web season where you play all the way up until the the tour starts and then you play a PGA tour season that just keeps going and going. Like I didn't have an off season for like three years. Um, and then I had like four months at home and now I've had another three months at home. So it's been, it's been unreal. Like just, I don't know. I should be really good when we come back, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it gives a lot of people a good chance to, uh, sharpen their game if they take advantage because everyone's in the same boat now yeah yeah the short game i haven't really started dialing back up but i know i can get that going uh get that going again but you know have it you know normal off seasons you have like you know except for this last one you have the month of december at some point to test new gear get new gear in play and then like head out to the west coast where i just play horrible in california normally and so it's like the start of the year is normally like really slow uh, and you're like trying to figure out why your four iron's spinning more, or, or you know why this ball isn't, you know why'd you back up a six iron? If you can't tell, they try to fit me in softer balls each year. I don't like it. Um, 
But, you know, this offseason has been great. There's been no change. Um, it's just been me and me and the ball. And I don't know, there's not a whole lot of noise around when you're in the backyard and just get out on the golf course and the car by yourself after that. And it's, it's really, really nice. What's, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's in Jonathan's bag? What kind of, what kind of equipment are you sporting? So Callaway, head to toe. Um, I've got, so I've got blades in at the moment that I've had forever. Um, Roger Cleveland, it was like the first muscle bags basically like he made when he came over to Callaway. They're awesome. Um, I got all of my old gear, I guess, like you can't really see it, but I got all my old bags back oh, there. And like a lot of like all my all my clubs that you can't touch are like in these bags that like I might use again one day. But I've got like a ton of like wedges like like oops new and old that are that are that are uh U grinds and I switched finally to all the new stuff, so they're really happy. But I got I got the Maverick stuff's incredible. So I got all the Mav stuff. Um I'm still in last year's three wood, the super hybrid. Uh, as a marketing major, love that name. They dug deep for that one. Um, but it's actually a really good hybrid, just a terrible name. Uh, and then uh, number seven. Number seven putters are the best putters on the planet. So, Okay. I got, a, I got a bunch of those. I got, I got tanks. Yeah, so the tank is like, if I could suggest a putter to anybody that can't putt, the number seven tank. It's face balance. It's heavy. And then it's counterbalanced with weights. And it literally, like, unless you just have, like, trimmers, you can line it up. It's got three lines. You can line it up. And the the thing basically stroke, like, it goes itself. So You need uh, to get yeah. on, like, QVC with this. <laughs> As someone who uh, eats off the dollar menu, if they putt good, I can give a strong endorsement for the number seven. I love it. So I got a I got a kind of a, maybe a unique question for you. Um, did a little back history on you. Um, did you grow up volunteering at? Um, oh, it was a it was called the Viking. Uh, it was a PJ. Yeah, group. that is creepy, Nolan. <laughs> no, that's did, a uh, game. Okay. But to come full circle, you end up getting a player exemption into the tournament later on. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I. Uh, I, I was a standard bear. So at my high school, we had to have X number of community service hours. Uh, and so I absolutely skis balls the system and was like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> going to skip class one day this week on Friday and go work the morning. And I'm going to work Thursday afternoon too. And I would get all my community service hours like that. And I was able to, uh, to, to be a standard bearer. And I, I mean, it was that, it was, that was the aha moment where I knew I wanted to do it the rest of my life. But I, uh, so here's a picture of me, uh, Chris Smith, we're playing a, a, a event in, uh, in Springfield, Illinois, this has to, so he grabbed the sign. He goes, Hey Randolph, take a picture of me. The, we come full circle. So it's got like him, him holding the sign for us for that day. But it's incredible. Like I got autographs and stuff. Like I mean, it was it was the most fun I I ever had. And then to get to play in that as a, like first team all American, they gave me a sponsor invite the next year, and it was the craziest thing because I played in it, and it was a fall tournament. And then they moved it to the summer the next year, and I got to play in it again. So I played the tournament twice in like eight months. 
It was really nice. Um, but I played that, I think, nine straight years, and this past year was the first year that I didn't play it. So it turned into the Sanderson. That's what this chicken is. I don't know if you need the Reveille, their, their mascot for the tournament. But, yeah, that, that tournament um, – Yodi does not like that thing. You can't see her, but she's getting with it. I'm sorry, um, your dog hasn't eaten the chicken. Yeah, she, she's, she, she literally hasn't taken her eyes off it until. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so it was a great tournament, and just to to get to play in that one, um, it, yeah, I don't know, it just meant a lot. Um, after having worked it, and it was a alternate field event, like you know, it's opposite the British. So it's not like we had the best players, but there was always rain delays. And so I would get to go in the locker room and just muck around with like Fulton Allen and like all these old dudes that were like 65, but like they were alternate, like they did, they'd rather play this than the the champions event that week. And they would just tell stories. And it was just, it was unbelievable. So it, it was, it was like, yeah, that was like a dream come true before I ever got paid to do it. Yeah, that's crazy. Sounds like a pretty cool experience there. Yeah, it was, and I, I only got like, I only had one bad experience, and it was somebody that apparently is a really nice guy, and he he said, "Hey kid, do you want a ball?" And I said, "Yes, sir." And he threw it down on the cart path, and it shot like forty feet in the air and went off into like a ditch. And I was like, "Man, that wasn't cool." He's like, other than that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So other. Other than that, it was nothing but great experiences. And it helps me, like, being that kid, now every time, like, I have a standard bear or something, like, I want to be, like, really nice. Like, Bo Van Pelt was so nice to me. Like, I probably chirped that guy's ear off looking back in hindsight. I didn't ask stupid questions, but I still know I chirped his ear off, and he was so freaking nice to me. Like, I would have thought we had Thanksgiving dinner together. So it's like I want to be as nice as I can to kids or whoever, like, especially, like, if they're having a hard time or if they're nervous, like I always try to lighten them up or, you know, just tell them, Hey, it's okay. Like, cause there's, there's some guys like that are really good friends of mine that will just chew your face off if you move while they're kidding or like you do something you're not supposed to do. Um, and so then I'll try to like go over and talk to them after cause you know, they'll turtle after that and they won't, you know, they're like, all right, I want to go home. But at the end of the day, it's volunteers. You want to, you know, help them support them, make them want to feel like, you know, yeah, they, exactly. they are like very important. So yeah, I agree with you there. I feel like a lot of the guys, especially maybe it's just like uh, from out here, you see a lot of the top guys. They tend to ignore a bunch of people and take it a lot more seriously, even though they're not really yeah. taking it more seriously. But they don't give the kids as much time a day compared yeah. to the other guys. And I feel like you guys are in a great position to inspire people. And it's obviously not going to take away from the golf game, like talking to a right. kid, talking to a volunteer. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's, I don't know. That's it's, it's the little things in life that shape you. That's one of the things that shaped me is like, you know, I didn't get a bunch of jerks. Like it's an all field event. Like I'm sure it was a little more laid back than if I'd have been doing it at colonial or something, but you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Like looking back on it, it's not like I'm old, but I started to feel old because I've had all these cool life experiences but that's how it goes. All right. Well, before we, we close things out here, I got one last question for you. This took a lot of digging and we're going to see if you know the answer. So it is, what do all these people have in common? Rory McIlroy, John Ram, Jason Day, 
Dustin Johnson, Henrik Stenson, and Justin Rose. Oh, boy. What do they all have in common? That is it further than me. Well, is this like a like they they're cousins with somebody, or is this a golf thing? No, that would be pretty cool if they're like all cousins with one person. The oh, guy yeah. would be a real failure of a golfer if he was cousins with all of them. Yeah, that'd be a tough look. Man, you I mean, you've got me stumped. I mean, I got I they're they're not all tailor made or anything. Like uh, I don't know, they're all really good at golf. Yeah, they are very good at golf, but the one thing they all have in common, it might be the only thing they all have in common, is they all finished below you at the 2017 U.S. Open. Can't hide talent. Boom. Right. <laughs> How about that, Reese? As Kiz said, this ain't no hobby. Yeah, look, you know, I pars, pars win majors, uh, and I'm just waiting on my chance to win the U.S. Open. So I can par course to death. That's right. You just have to – Tell everyone for that's something you have to do. Seventy-two straight pars. That'll be. I mean, if I don't know if it exists on the internet, but I was the putt of the day at the U.S. Open once again. Like that's kind of my strength. I made this stupid. I was playing with John Oda. He saw it. This thing went like way up this the hill on number ten and just curls in at dead speed from like a hundred feet. It was the sickest putt. But yeah, so that makes sense that I putted really good that week and. Uh, and and beat those guys. So what are you using you a number pop? seven though? Is the sky blue? <laughs> yeah, that's Absolutely. just a different he- different yeah different head cover that week. They you know they I've got my U.S. Open bag right there. They they give you all the special head covers with all the stuff on it. And that's that's a cool perk. But I guess they weren't expecting me because uh, you know I qualified on a Monday or on a Tuesdays when I got through the playoff and I got there and my bag didn't have a nameplate on it. They were like, we promise we'll have it by Thursday. So I sharpied it on there just to be a, a rube. It was fun. That's yeah, well, no, that that's something that needs to be reformed. If you like could par out all 72 holes, I think you should win the tournament. It should be an auto. Yeah. Win. I, I, I gave somebody tagged me in the, the video, Justin Thomas making the Eagle to set the, the record, you know, for the lowest score. And what you didn't see was he hit a three-wood off the tee and cover a bunker that was like 310, which is absurd. Like, I thought it was going to one-hop into it, and it carried it. And then I absolutely just threaded a driver right down the middle, and I hit my three-wood up there, front edge of the green, and then he obviously stuffed it. And I, I putted it from this little thing, and it was like fast greens, and it rolled all the way over the hill and down the backside like, 20 yards it was like super demoralizing I knew it wasn't going to stop and so I'm sitting there I didn't know he was putting for for like a record but I was grinding because it was a U.S. Open like I'm not going to just go down there like you know I'm playing in some tournament I don't care about so I grinded over this chip shot and still wasn't inside of him and then grinded over a par putt and made it and I was like super pleased with myself and then he made the eagle, and, like, I, I gave him one of these because I was like, thank goodness I didn't ice this dude and, like, totally screw him up. But pars win majors, that's the kind of thing one day you're going to see me make a wicked good par at a, at a major and be like, yep, he said it. Yeah, well, we have the proof. Note the time. <laughs> well, thanks so much, John. And uh, as you know, any uh, 
golfers that come on or caddies for that matter we become diehard fans of so we'll be strongly rooting for you at any tournament and any of your enemies you just let us know we'll distract them it's good to have friends appreciate you guys thanks so much john and uh hopefully we have you on again soon yeah man i'm gonna win something give you a reason to put me back on of course